Yo, minasa, Manga Sensei Podcast. Welcome. Everybody, welcome to the Manga Sensei Podcast. I'm your host, John Sensei, breaking down the world's best language for you 365 days a year. That's right, even on holidays and Christmas. I never take a break. That's that's sad for most people. Okay, today we're interviewing my good friend James from the Inside Japan Podcast. You may uh, follow him if you are a podcaster like myself, or if you just want to you know anything about being an ALT, studying, studying in Japan, living in Japan, and the like. James, why don't you give people a little bit more of a... Uh, clear description of who you are sure well i'm uh james from alteinsider.com i'm uh, definitely a not a mover and shaker but um i appreciate the the sentiment there um i am uh yeah i've been doing this podcast for three years uh we started out as just alt stuff you know hey it's a how do you be a good alt how do you do a good lesson all that kind of stuff and then we moved into kind of what happens after that right a lot of people were interested in what what can they do after being alt in japan that's what i kind of focus on now is making that jump from teaching in japan to something else in japan because that seems to be a uh you know a thing a lot of people want to do but few right. people can do so that's what i try to do now is interview people that have done that and <laughs> try to get you know this how do they how do they make it happen because i think there's so many people in japan that want to make it happen that don't because they think they can't so i want to try to make sure that you know people know they can do it because it's not the h- hardest thing in the world to do it just takes takes work and you know a little bit of knowledge but that's what i try to share for sure yeah you're definitely filling a gap there most people don't know this but my wife was actually an english teacher in korea we lived in korea for a year and uh she she taught english and she was a, an english teacher over there and it was we really enjoyed it and she had some friends who were trying to make a little bit of this transition when, when she was a, a gal who was raised in the states but had korean heritage and she was trying to just make that you know emotional jump from being like okay i'm teaching these kids every day to being like okay i can i can do this myself i have uh, mm. people that i'm either teaching tutoring on the side and i can also you know do other things mm-hmm yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's it takes some, you know, it, everyone wants wants to do it, but it's not it's something you got to you got to make the jump, right? You got to do it yourself. It doesn't happen by by yourself, by itself for sure. You got to just, you know, put put some work in it. I am confident everyone can do it though. And of course, knowing Japanese is a good way, so hopefully you can help them with that side of things. But uh yeah, that's the that's the way you, you got <laughs> the more Japanese you know, the more doors you have open, you know, for sure. It's true. It's true, especially with the uh the the uh the JLPT is getting better, which is which kind of makes me happy. It used to mm. it used to be just be like you now know a lot of arbitrary knowledge about Japanese. Congratulations, try to get a job and learn everything over again. Mm-hmm. Now it's more of a you can actually, you know, do a couple things now. Yeah, and there's also the, I mean that which means the difficulties went up way. I mean a lot. I've heard. I mean, I, yes, the last thing I've my last contact with the JLPT is failing N one. I do have N two though. But um, hey, hey. yeah, it's it, it's difficult. It's getting more and more difficult, and it's still the N one. It's so crazy. It's just like you gotta you gotta study for this. You gotta study for that test. You know, it's still the, yeah. the famous thing. And I found that to be true too. At first, it was I thought it was hype. Like yeah, a lot of people say that just an excuse, but it's not. It's not a lie. It is true. You got to study for the test, and you're not going to say any of this. Not any of it. No. Some no. of the stuff. Yeah. Some of the stuff you learn there, you're not going to say again. You're not going to see again once you get out of that test. But it's still something I think is is it still means something. But I definitely don't think it's something you have to have at all to work in Japan. Definitely not. Right. No. It's definitely if you're trying to go the more traditional route. You know, you want to work for a traditional Japanese company as the gaijin, and if but you you need that N one for sure. It's it, back when they had it where it was like only four levels it it was like it was i didn't like it at all um yeah now it's more it has they put a lot more focus on listening which i think is at least useful there um but outside of the listening portion it's a it's a lot of do you know this word for butterfly no (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 it's 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 just a way it's like it's tough it's tough to how do you measure the skill of someone in japanese right that's they had a tough job for sure like they got to try to 
they want to try to measure general Japanese knowledge, right? But it's it's tough to right. so many different people have different avenues, right? There's business. Do you know? As you know, Japanese is split up in kind of there's business Japanese and there's there's a whole different world of business Japanese. You got to know Keigo and stuff, right? So it's kind oh, of yeah. difficult to to get a general test for Japanese, but I guess they do their best. Yeah, I think I think they do their best, and they're definitely you know it, it definitely adheres to Japanese culture if you think about it. The the application of doing things through tests, um, mm-hmm. the, focusing on that thing is that as the as the main thing, the emphasis that you can really just cram down and study for. But um, as as I ta- I actually released a not an incendiary article, but I, I got a, some some good flack back on an article I wrote about how uh, aiming for fluency, especially when it comes to fluency as paraded by tests, is a really stupid goal. And I oh, said, yeah, I, and yeah. maybe I cut flat because I said stupid, but you know, like, yeah, yeah. I was, well, we got to get some, you know, get some clickbait somehow. But that's definitely the, <laughs> the poor choice of words there. You could have said something like, uh, "It's a misguided goal" or something, you know. That's exactly. I, but a, I, yeah. but I have to be mean, and I mean, they're, they're, that, that's 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 how you get the, the clicks, right? You have to have people go exactly. to your website for a reason. Yeah, and then put a hot girl is the is the, is the image for the article for sure. I tried wearing a bikini, but it didn't quite get the same image, and my co-founder said not to do that anymore. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good. That's a smart move. Yeah, yeah, that's why we have him there because uh, you know I have a face for radio, and I should probably stay there. <laughs> <laughs> that's super fun. So, you, I, I, what what was the the catalyst for you breaking away from doing just the the normal ALT to what what you're doing now, which is a lot more broad on talking about Japan in general. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, I started with, I was, I was doing the podcast while I was teaching. So it's kind of like a cool, like I was LT for like five, six years. Right. So right. once you get to six, five, six years, every year is the exact same. You're doing the exact same stuff. You should be pretty, you know, well-versed in how to do stuff. So it's kind of like my mind, it, it, when I got to school, it was just like, I was being uh, like kind of a, in a play, you know, an actor on a play, you just do the same thing every time and you're done. Right. And that's, that's good enough. Right. So it's kind of one of the more mental, <laughs> something to do creative. Right. So then I started the podcast and then, um, you know, I covered, kind of, I then at some point I realized like I covered everything I want to cover about being LT kind of, I was like, what else can I say here about that? So what else can I do? And, uh, then I thought about, you know, getting the next step, like something I wanted to do. And I, I did myself after it took a long time, but I definitely got to that point where I didn't have to be a teacher anymore too. I was like, that's something a lot of people are interested in. A lot of people want to say, you know, the thing people in Japan, if you ask a, a foreigner in Japan, uh, what they do, if they're a teacher, there's like a 50% chance they say they're a teacher. There's other 50% chance they say something else that they want to be doing, but they're not, you know, like they're right. doing it for free or something, you know, like I'm an artist, you know, and that, that's great. But <laughs> if you're not getting paid for it, you're not really an artist yet. Right. You're an English teacher that's working to be an artist, you know? So, yeah. um, it's, you know, I just want to help people that do that. And um, since I only knew one way to do that, which was the translation route, I wanted to talk to as many people as I can that did it in other ways. And there's, then I learned so much of like, you know, so many different things you can do in Japan. I talked to people that like, there's a guy doing forestry in Japan and his Japanese was nothing. And he found the job in forestry. That's, you know, yeah. it's, he, it's really, he like to use his body for work. And it says you, you get in there, you do a job for eight hours, you get home and that, that I'm done thinking about work. And that's what he liked. And that's, and that's, that's cool. You know, there's so many different right. things you can do. That's not like, I have to be a translator. I have to be an IT, and that's my only two options, right? There's so many different ways you can things you can do. So that's why I really wanted to share with, uh, you know, make sure that people hear about these other options because there isn't that much online about that kind of stuff of, you know, what other things to do besides teaching in Japan. Yeah, I know for sure. I think especially because they they think that's their route to Japan. I have a I have a couple of friends who's tried like the jet program and people who have done it through like their state with the sister cities, and just things like that. And it's well, it's a it's a wonderful route. I don't knock. I mean, heck, my wife was an English teacher in Korea, so I mean, mm. I have no nothing against that. But I think it's there is a definite knowledge gap between how do I get there first 
And then what do I do if I don't want to do this anymore? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you know, there there is other ways to even. I mean, the, the catalyst is your Japanese level, really. Again, come back to that, but it's true. Your Japanese level decides what you can do in the beginning. So for most people that don't have N2 at least level, you're going right. to have to do something else when you first get to Japan, unless you want to go to school to learn Japanese, which is a different uh, topic altogether. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, usually teaching English is the w something that everyone can do as long as you have a degree. Mm -hmm. You know, stop asking if you could work in Japan without a degree. It's possible, but it's very low. It's very difficult to do. And, you know, there's some shady stuff going on there. So yeah. if once you have a degree... And you don't have Japanese yet, but you want to get Japanese. If you're teaching English, is the best way to do that, I think. And and Jet is the best way to do it from the choices after that. But um, yeah, once you get your Japanese up, though, there's the world is the the Japan is your oyster, right? Or the Japan is your cocky there, so you can choose whatever you want to do. <laughs> that's right. Japan is your cocky. I think we're going to stick with that. I'm going to put that as my my new slogan. Japan is your that's cocky. The, that should be the episode title. The world. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Just save myself that much more effort. I appreciate this, James. This is what happens when you interview other podcasters because I've, I've noticed this so far in my, my, my one year out of my experience here. Is, and I've only done a few podcasters now, but it's a very interesting breed. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's this creative, um, a lot of times fast thinking uh, breed of people who are, at, le at least in my, in my experience, really trying to fill a knowledge gap, whether it's, you know, mm. helping people tra transition or try to get or work in Japan, um, whether it's being an ALT or otherwise, or trying to, you know, teach people that there's other Japanese outside of textbook Japanese. And mm. in fact, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's I guess I, let, me, let me flip the, flip the script real quick. Uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. So what was your kind of, your field, teaching Japanese to, to people that want to learn Japanese, that field is a, there's a lot of dogs in that fight. Like in oh, my yeah. fight, I, I feel the, you know, a gap that was, there was no competition, right? There's not yep. many people talking about what I talked about, like filling a niche, you know, but you went the other way. There's a million people trying to fill that niche and you said, I want to do that too. So what kind of, what gave you the, the cojones to give it a try? What was kind of, what made you flip the switch and say, I can do it too? Well, honestly, the thing that flipped the switch was, and I've talked about this only about probably about once before is my, my wife told me, so I came back from school one day, um, really frustrated because, um, I had to memorize a poem in Japanese mm -hmm. and, I am terrible, like absolutely horrendously terrible to the point where I, I had to TA for Japanese 101 and I couldn't memorize the sentences, even though I had translate. I, I did the internal interpretation and translation for Kumamoto Castle, mm -hmm. but I couldn't remember like basic three line conversation. Wow. And so I was terrible. I like it was, it was absolutely horrendous. And I was like, I don't want to memorize a poem. This doesn't help me. And it was after about the second time of having to memorize another poem. It's like, I'm done this. Screw this. Like, honestly, like I'm done. And she's mm -hmm. like, you are a semester and a half. You're two, you're a year away from graduating. You're not done. Do something else with, or cheat or teach people how Japanese is actually taught or how you can actually learn it. So I was like, okay, she's so she, I, my <laughs> option was stop complaining and fix the problem or stop complaining. <laughs> okay <laughs> well you stopped complaining at least that's good yeah yeah so yeah that's that's pretty cool that's that's a i mean that's a good reason as any to start and then the tough point is continuing to go which obviously is done for a whole year so that's that's congratulations on that for thank sure you, thank you and I, I think the thing that made it at least what i try to be a little bit different with is i figured you know what i can do five minutes i'm not a native speaker so i can but i i, I like grammar and that's how i learned japanese so I, I figured there's probably other people who can't memorize sentences very well but they can, you know, understand a Nebraskan accent for long enough to be able to under to get how a grammar point works after some research. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So, I guess, and I guess last last question for me. I'm not. I'm just, I'm no, no. I do hijack this, man. I am okay. 
<laughs> so I guess then let's, let's try to make people hype out there. I mean, they're listening. They already like you. Okay. But what do you think put, sets you above these other kind of competitors you have? There's a lot of podcasts out there learn Japanese, right? What makes yours different? Yeah, no, for sure. I think what makes my podcast different than something like, for example, a, a Japanese pod 101 or a, you know, really big name company that ha that has, you know, 13 employees and researchers teaching them how to teach Japanese. Um, I think what separates me is the fact that, um, one, I learned, I actually went out and learned the language. Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't learn it to pass a test. I went out, learned the language, worked in, worked for Japanese companies for five years and did Japanese. And I think the other thing that separate, that separated me out as well, and this may, se may seem kind of silly, was I went with my strength. I know I'm not a native speaker, so I'm not going to try to be one. Um, and I'm willing to put myself out there and fail. And so I, my made the key is, um, after 10,000 mistakes, you, you become fluent in Japanese. So if I, if I fail, oh no, I made another mistake. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. you can, you can, you can come at me, you know, really come at me, bro. Like tell me I did something wrong, but I, I know. <laughs> yeah. So it really kind of took the power cool. out of the people who would correct me or say I'm wrong. And I made plenty of mistakes, but for most of the, most of the part, I mean, 375 something episodes later and I have, I've had two mistake episodes. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's cool. You're, you know, put yourself out there too. That's a really tough thing to do. Something I don't even like to do. I don't like, definitely don't like to speak Japanese where yeah, you get the, the eyes because I'm not confident in my Japanese myself. Even though I work in, I can work in Japanese and stuff. It's still something I don't have full confidence in. I'm still, I still feel like I'm working to get better. You know, like it's something I've never. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm there too, though, James. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still learning Japanese. I, I still have things that I, I screw up on. And I get, and I get nervous with, and don't feel like I'm always learning something else. I mean, I taught a grammar point last week, and I was like, "What the crap is this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. About, about, about the ten thousand hours things. I, I heard that first. Not ten, and ten thousand mistakes. Sorry. Yeah. Ten thousand mistakes. Um. I remember reading that some a long time ago. All Japanese all the time. I don't. Com, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Great, great yeah. blog. I, I read that he he said like something like search for mistakes or try to make mistakes. That if you if you try to make mistakes, not try to, but if, if you if you aim for like ten mistakes a day, that means you're you, you're getting a hundred things right or something like something like that. Yeah. Is, that is that where you have heard that or something? Or, or yeah, I actually now? so I was an LDS missionary when I first went to Japan. Mm -hmm. And so as being a more missionary, I, I mean, I'm talking to people about religion, which then I don't even want to talk about in English for the most part and <laughs> trying to do it in Japan, which is like probably the second most, you know, non Western as we perceive religion in the West anyway, religious place in the world. And so I, uh, <laughs> I figured I, I was so nervous about trying to speak perfect Japanese, like all the time. Um, that one of my the my companions, one of the guys who taught me how to speak Japanese, he's like, you know, it's only after ten. He, I think he was just trying to make me feel good. Honestly, I, I was screwing mm -hmm. up all the time, and he's like, you know, it's honestly after ten thousand mistakes you can fluent. And I kind of did some more research and found in research, and I used it to make myself comfortable with you know talking with people in the corner about Jesus. It's, <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's gonna be that's a tough thing because people that's yeah like you said it's not something oh yeah i'll talk about jesus for for the next 10 10 minutes you know it's, you got to kind of get that corner to say okay yeah i want to talk to this person about something i maybe had no interest in two minutes ago yeah exactly and and yeah. to make it natural i mean you can you can only ask for people for directions so many times before they see th see through your lie there you know like, <laughs> and you're wearing your suit and your bike helmet or something. Yeah, that's right. My, okay, about, my bike helmet and my little black name tag speaking broken Japanese be like, yeah, where's the direction to the sushi place? Oh, it's around the corner. Hey, how do you feel about Jesus? 
<laughs> why? What's that bike helmet thing? Why do they have to? Why do you have to wear a bike helmet? Because uh, every Mormon does wear a bike helmet. I'm, I'm convinced of it in Japan. No, we have to. We have to wear a bike helmet. So there is a copious amount of rules being an LDS Mormon missionary. It's a thing. Um, we're not supposed to say LDS uh, Mormon anymore. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. Um, I, I. But ba- basically, um, there because there's so many missionaries. I mean, at any given time, there's like. 75,000 missionaries out or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they have a m- amount of rules to keep you safe and keep you from dying. Um, they've had missionaries, uh, okay. they, like, for example, we can't swim for two years. Okay. Because there's that one kid who went out and swam in the ocean and then died. <laughs> okay, so someone had a bike accident and now you all have to suffer and wear bike helmets. Yeah, the same reason we can't hold children is because, you know, there is that some missionary who is dumb and did something stupid and so they're like, great, ruin it for the rest of us, can't hold adorable Japanese babies. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, okay, that makes sense. Now, now I know. Thanks for solving that. Of course, so that's of why course. You always, and you can always helmets, ask okay. one. I mean, they're only going to try to talk to you about Jesus. So you know the conversation is going to be about already. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I, I, one thing I try to I always try to give, I always try to give those people the time because I know they're going through a tough time. They're in Japan doing that stuff. So, you know, I don't know what's your what's your advice to someone because a lot of people, people foreigners say, you know, oh, you know, Mormons come and talk to me. It's not like it's not. I think you would agree. It's not like a yes. I can't wait for the Mormon to come talk to me about Jesus. Woo-hoo! Right. Yeah, no, so what, what what's your what's your advice to kind of uh, gracefully say, okay, well, I'm not interested, but thanks for thanks for talk, stop it or something. On it, honestly, like after 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 doing that, and I'm, I'm still a practicing Mormon, but I I get where people are with that. I mean, I've had I I, I get that. Um, but the, at least in my opinion, what you can do really really easy say just like what you said, hey guys, appreciate what you're doing. Um, Gokuro-san, like, but you know, I'm good, thanks. Um, yeah, just I mean. The nicest things I think someone did for me when I was in Japan, I had some, I had a foreigner, a gentleman from Australia when I was out there and he was, he came to the door. I remember, I remember this cause it was such a nice way to like reject me. And I was like, he was like, Hey man, I'm good, but do you want to drink a water? It's hot outside. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. And I'm just like, cool. I would love a drink of water. And like, I learned his name and he learned my name. And next time I'm walking down the street, I saw him like, Hey, you know, name. And then he's like, sup dude. And he kept moving on with his life. <laughs> that's cool yeah that's nice yeah it's not like yeah mormon guys are much nicer than nhk guys you're much less persistent than nhk guys in japan for sure <laughs> yes yes we uh i had an nhk <laughs> guy come to my door as a more missionary actually which was hilarious <laughs> oh my god because it was the one person he didn't want to talk to <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's not uh the nhk guys for anyone that knows yeah, that's something you have to deal with in japan for sure <laughs> oh yeah he comes, to, he comes to the door and i, I answer the door in my white in my white shirt and little name tag and he's like uh i'm just like sorry dude i don't eat japanese <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the way to handle it too uh i don't know what you're saying but you know one time i had this guy he brought back an english speaker they like you know okay well then i'll bring back an english speaker and I was like, well, uh, then I'm just closing the door. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. Like, no, that, that's, that's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah, but okay. Now we, 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 uh, we've went off track to how to deal with NHK workers now. So you know, <laughs> let's move turn, on to Turning it back, topic. you know, you know get, learn, learning Japanese and, you know, living in, living in Japan. <laughs> I think yeah, that, yeah, is, that is the most I have talked about my religion on this podcast. There you go. That's a good. This is a good episode. Now we got to change the title to something like that's uh, right. Revealing the deepest, darkest, sec- deepest, darkest secrets revealed. That's right. How how to what what Mormons actually believe on manga sensei. You won't believe number seven. <laughs> you won't believe number seven. That's right. <laughs> or even maybe a better title: How to reject Mormon missionaries in three easy steps. Yeah, there you go. We can make a course out of that. I could, I could. I'd be actually quite good <laughs> at it. I, although I did kind of defeat the purpose of being a Mormon. <laughs> yeah, they might not like that. <laughs> true enough, true enough. Sorry, guys, not happening. But <laughs> so, so 
ju- jumping back to something you know pro- professionalish sounding. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I'm, I'm sure listening to my podcast right now, there there is some some wonderful kid who's who's thinking, I love Japan, I love Japanese, and you've probably answered this question a hundred times. So you could probably answer it really really well. I want to go to Japan, but I can't speak Japanese. James, what should I do? Yeah, so I, I, what I say is basically the all Japanese all the, all the time method. Like how hard you go is how fast you improve, right? So before we get to that, though, I think the most thing is your motives, right? So the people that learn Japanese are people that are really driven to do it. Like it's like their life goal for that time, not their end goal of their life. But for that time, the only thing they're doing is I want to get good at Japanese, right? Right. And the people with that fire are the people that really get to the next level of Japanese, right? That really get past the... I can say a conversation as long as it's about something I want to talk about, you know, that, that level. That's, I think that that's like a, there's a break there in right. levels of, I can talk Japanese as long as it's what I want to talk about, but if they bring up something, uh, you know, the, the whale population in New Zealand, then you lose, start losing it. You know what I mean? That, that's kind of, there's a separation there, I think, in my mind of levels. Right, right. And uh, the people that can get to that level are the people that have that fire, that where if, if you tell them, well, you know, tomorrow you should study eight hours and you're like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm hyped for that. You know, I'm not saying you have to study eight hours every day, obviously. No, but right, yeah. you have to be excited about studying, you know, like I can, I can really do it. And once you, once you are in that mindset and it, not everyone starts with that mindset, by the way, if you're not like feeling like that fire right now, it's not like give up, don't try. No, but, no, no. You, you know, but you should kind of really have the motive of, I want to learn Japanese for whatever your goal is. That can be a big part of it. Like I want to be a translator one day. So I want to, I want to translate final fantasy games. That's an awesome goal. Right. Yeah. So, but you got to, you can't jump ahead steps, right? You got to get your foundation in there and you got to use that end goal just to give you that fire every day because you really got to do it every day. It's not a something, it's not something that just, that just happens or just, you know, there's ways that you can do it easier. Like, you know, you listen to your podcast and stuff helps for sure, but there's, it's not, there's not an easy way and you agree. There's no easy way and there's no way that's like magnitudes faster than any other way. No. Whatever way you choose, you just got to do it, you know? And, and that's the, that's the hard part though. It's, it's, it's just, you got to do it and you got to consistently do it. And it's not something that's like hard or I, I, I don't like when people say like learning a language is hard. Yeah. It's like, like bodybuilding, right? It, it's not hard. It's just you have to do it for a long time and not stop. And that's the hard part. You know what I mean? So you really got to ask yourself, are you willing to put in years for this thing? And if you are ready to do that, then you're ready to do You're ready to try. And maybe that might take you getting to Japan, working on Jet, working on as an Aikaiwa teacher for a year to see if it's something you're really into. Because maybe you might get there and say, you might go there with a Final Fantasy translation dream. I want to be work for Square Enix or whatever. And then you get to Japan one year and say, you know what? It's not worth it. For, it's not It's not for me. You know, I don't. I can't be here the rest of my life. And I don't want to be here for a long period of time in my career. And that's right. totally cool. I, I respect the hell out of people that do that. Right. More than the people that get to Japan and say, well, I'm going to learn Japanese one day, so I'm just going to stay here until it happens. and then Or stay here until I get my next job because they hate being an LT, but they want to do something else. But they don't do anything. They just keep extending, extending, extending. And then they get bitter and they, you know, go on Reddit and start bitching. About, oh, sorry. <laughs> go on Reddit and start complaining about stuff. Right, right. Um, you know, it's like that's the people I respect, the people that have that drive or they find they don't have that drive and they don't do it, right? And like I said, I said before, I'll say it one more time just to be clear. You don't have to have the drive right now to, to you don't have to decide right now like oh i got i gotta i'm not sure if i want to learn japanese it's not like okay you shouldn't try i'm saying you should have that a real end goal in your mind and it should be pushing you and you know you should be excited about learning japanese i guess is the, the tld tldr thing of what i'm trying to say right is if you should be excited and once you're excited you'll make yourself learn japanese no matter what method you choose i think 
Right. And I, I think that's, I think you hit on some really, really key points. Like, so, so key. I, I wrote them down as you were saying them. Like <laughs> one, like, yeah, if you don't have the, if you don't have the capacity or you feel like you're overwhelmed with it right now, or you don't have like decide right now. And if you don't decide right now, you'll never learn Japanese. No, it's yeah. like, there are times where like, I have hated Japanese. I like, mm. I have absolutely loathed. There was a time in Japan where I could hear people say, be like, he, he just doesn't understand, does he? I'm just like, and I understood that one sentence and it drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. at that time, I didn't have the gumption to, you know, study those however long or whatever, actually learn that grammar point or get that concept during that time because I was sad with it. It was, it was hard. And, but, you know, I, I, I still learned the language despite having, you know, those times and everyone should and be allow themselves to have those times. That's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's not. Yeah, you definitely uh, just in my experience, too. I was I was extremely hardcore learning Japanese for like three years. I was like I was insane. Like I would like I would let myself do one kind of fun thing a week out. But every other time I was like, all right, I got to study Japanese. Um, but then, I, and I also made a deal. Like, I'm never going out with a girlfriend with someone in Japan that can speak English. That's just not something I want to do because nice. I would lose chance to study, right? I, I made that deal hard. Now, <laughs> sadly, when push comes to shove, I didn't keep that deal. And that person ended up being my wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that happens, right? And then, and as, as a result of that, I lost a lot of my drive, that, that fire I had, because there was, you know, okay, I don't know the word for this piece of this printer, right? I was, you know, at least to pride myself in vocabulary, but it's printer. I don't know this word. Oh, I'll just ask my wife in, in, in English how to say it. And then once you, I lost my kind of end goal, right? I didn't have to have my end goal because I had, I had a crutch now. Right. And that, that I had to overcome that myself is kind of, I can't, you, I can't let the, because I don't need it anymore, let me not study, you know, and I'm still, I'm still trying to get back to the levels I had because I'm not there right now because I don't have the drive I had before. That's something that, you know, there's different, like you said, there's always your, your levels of, 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 you know, uh, yaruki levels are yeah. going to go up and down through your course of your, your Japanese learning. And that's something that's, that's okay. But, uh, it's, it's going to happen to, no matter what hobby you do, you're going to have some things that are like, you have awesome times, you're really hyped, and there's times you're not so hyped. But you just got to try to fight through them. And of course, stay consistent is the main thing. And I think I think one thing you also mentioned there was really important, and you just reiterated there again, was you you have to be very, very honest. You said don't skip steps, but I think another way to put that as well is you have to be honest with where you're currently at. Oh, yeah, that's true. If you don't, you can't, you can't, I mean, if you are at the point where you can, you can just say what the, you know, the random part of the printer is, that's awesome. Kudos to you. I don't know printers. I don't know printer words. I can, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can say penis in 18 ways, but I can, you know, like, well, I don't, that's a good YouTube video. There you go. You got to put that together. I, I will put that together, guys. It's, it's coming. <laughs> you, you know it. Like, but you, you have to be able to, you know, be honest where you are. I've seen a lot of people who, you know, get to, let's, let's just put it by JLPT level and say they get it to high four into getting N three. And they suddenly say, you know, what? I'm just gonna learn all the kanji this year. And that's maybe a great goal. If you're a kanji, if you're a kanji guy, but is it, are you, are you overestimating where you're currently at? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you, yeah. are you trying to learn something that's going to only hinder you as you continue, as you continue to learn the language? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And then you got to, and some people also, another thing that say that they get to this level and they say, well, I can, tur- I can, I can pull it back. Right. I can pull back my levels of studying. Right. I can kind of th- peel back the throttle. Yeah. And I think at some point you, that's, it's good to get to that, that point, as long as you take that free time now to, to, to interact with Japanese people as much as you can, or, you know, do other things that aren't just at the books. Cause I think obviously hitting the books are a big part of it. If you want to I mean, just speaking, obviously, you can learn to speak by just speaking, but right. writing and stuff, there's no way, there's no shortcut for kanji, right? You got to 
I, I, I don't know how any, anyone that's learning without writing them many, many times over, you know, and that's just something that takes time, right? And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, once you get to a point, though, you can kind of, okay, I'll give Kanji a break for a while because I'm kind of at the level. You want to maintain a little bit, but um, then you can kind of do other things like just spend time with Japanese people is a great thing to do, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, th I think it depends on what your end goal is. If you, you have you have to kind of see what that end goal is. I mean, if you want to just be able to, you know, I know people who have who their spouses, for example, are Japanese, but they don't yet speak the language and they want to say, you know, I want to be able to speak in my spouse's language because it's important to me. And they just want to speak. They don't want to have to read everything. I, mm -hmm. I also yeah. have good friends who all they I have a really good friend who has, you know, wants to read or watch X movie or read X book. And I'm just like, OK, that's great. Go do it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, I say like I, I used to um, one of the, I have a how to learn how I learn Japanese thing on my website. And I said the important thing to do is if you have something that you can physically buy that is your end goal, buy it right now. Like so yeah. let's say you want to play Final Fantasy seven all in Japanese. Go buy that right now and then put it on your wall. And then for me, it doesn't sound stupid, but I like the movie called Nana. It's a Japanese movie. Yeah. I watched it in America 11, 12 years ago or something. Nice. And I was like, wow, this girl's cute. <laughs> That's really what I thought. <laughs> uh, so, and I said, you know, I, I want to learn what she's saying in this movie. I don't want to use subtitles. And I bought that movie and I still have that same exact copy of that movie. Now I can obviously, I can watch it now and I can enjoy it. And that was my, that was a big part of my goal. It wasn't my own end goal to watch the movie, but it's a, a one part of it, right? And, and as you... I would watch it every three months, four months. It's like, oh, I understand more. And that really is motivating, right? If you have the goal in, in your in your sight, you can hold on to it. A little, even a little piece of your goal, it's kind of it's kind of a good motivator for me, at least. No, I think that's great. I think it's good being able to see that that goal directly in front of you. I mean, mm. I I wanted to be able to, you know, my, my first goal is, you know, be able to answer the phone. I, I was afraid of the phone for a little while because, like, I couldn't, like, read body language going on here. So I was like, I want to be able to have people call on the phone and I want them, and I want them not to ask for my native Japanese roommate. They want to be able to talk to me. <laughs> that's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a tough one. That's tough. That's definitely takes time. That takes practice too. That's, that, that's something that's tough. You got to get practice, but how can you practice talking on the phone? Oh yeah, you, know? you have to answer the phone every single time. You don't give the phone to anyone else. If I had a, I lived with a Japanese guy for a little while when I was working in Japan, being a missionary, and he, I, I, you know. First thing, answer the phone. Hey, it's Elder Dinkle. How are you? And he's like, I'm great. Can I talk to Elder Sambongi? <laughs> yes. Actually, I actually interviewed someone that was in the real estate business in Japan. He said when he first started his career, after he he was an N1 level, um, but he couldn't, he wasn't speaking, wasn't that great. Yeah. And they, but but it, when he got hired, they expected him. You know, well, you have N1, your speaking's perfect, which is obviously not always true. What? Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so you would call people and say, you know, I want to talk to whoever about this house, and they would say, I can understand you, and just hang up on him. He said it happened many many times. He would just hang up on him, <sighs> and he said, you know, he he could have quit his job. He could have said, I can't do this, but he worked at it and now he can do it perfectly. And, you know, and it's, it's all, it's just a thing you got to, you can't give up and you got to work hard. I mean, yep. and it's going to be embarrassing a lot. I've had people hang up on me too. And it's not a good feeling. You feel like you suck and all the work you did is just nothing. You know, like I worked, I studied for five, six years now and I can't even talk on the phone. You feel depressed, but you gotta, yeah. you can't let the depression just let you take over you and say, you know, give the phone to your wife. Like you said, you can't do that. That's, that's the worst. That's giving up and saying, I'm, I just I can't do this and I'm never going to do this is what you're saying when you do that, you know? Yeah. And, and well, there may be times like, yeah, you're having a bad day. Move on. But at, at the same time, you that's where I think owning your mistakes and facing it by the 10,000 mistake rule in my mind is like, you know what? Made a mistake. Still going to call him. <laughs> like, yeah, mm. I got one mistake down for the day. Awesome. I got, you know, nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine to go. Um, <laughs> I, I just marked that that's off cool. my little notebook. Today I made eight mistakes. Awesome. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> that's cool. And you, I mean, do you, do you advise really like a, you, do you, do you have like a recording system where you just kind of let it go mentally? Is that I, really I, just, let, you? I just let it go mentally. It's, it's I, mm-hmm. honestly, it's more of a mental and emotional thing. Yeah. I did it. Cool. Awesome. Made a mistake. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. care enough, of course, care enough to, you know, fix what you, what you couldn't say. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't answer the phone and say, I'm sorry. Could you say that slowly, for example? And as soon as I learned how to say that by the textbook and then I learned how to say it, how they say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's two different things. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point too. You can say, Hey, can you say it slower? You know, it's not like, it's not, uh, you know, it's not insulting to say that they would appreciate that actually, you yeah. know? So, and that's something I had to do for a long time. And I, you know, sometimes still do when some people say something crazy, you know, and they're talking in their dialect and it's really fast. Like, Oh, okay. One second, please. You know, slow down the train, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there, the thing is those dialects are so fun though. I, I, now that I've, you know, been able to get, once you get a good handle on basic Japanese, Tokyo Japanese, it's kind of fun to, you know, learn some of these other, you know, little dialects. I, I, I am one of my favorite places in Japan is a Hira Takayama in Northern Gifu prefecture. And they have a very, very thick accent in Takayama. And uh, instead of like, for example, like, ogenki desu ka, it's not ogenki desu ka, it's mame nakana. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> it's things like that that keep me wanting to learning, keep me want, keep me wanting to learn Japanese. <laughs> and English at the same time. And English at the same time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole. I mean, that's a, some people go real deep in that rabbit hole, and it's it's and it's a cool motivator, right? It's to learn new things. It's like you never ending search for new ways to say stuff is kind of cool and, and just don't be the person i would advise you don't when you're first starting out don't go too deep with that stuff because i no, feel no, a lot no. of like beginners that try to go too deep and it's like well just you know take peel back on the osaka band until you get like you know normal band you know what i mean yeah 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 before before we get down to osaka band before we learn how to say things like you know like you know from kyushu <laughs> down there like you, you, let, let's let's make sure we can get um uh, you know genki desu down first like yeah yeah before we for move sure. on don't be that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless, unless your, you know, your your husband or wife is, you know, only from there and doesn't know how to speak Tokyo Japanese because a traumatic childhood experiment. Yeah, we should say that. There's some cases where that might be the only thing you hear, and then that's going to be what you speak naturally. You know? I, I, that's I, I knew a gentleman. He lived in Japan for a little while, but um, his only real he moved again, moved back to the states, then came back to Japan. Where during that time period, he learned a good amount of Japanese. Unfortunately for the gentleman, he's and he's like this, you know, strong jawed black gentleman who's you know looks more masculine than I ever will. And uh, <laughs> but he he speaks just like his wife. Oh uh, yeah, that happens. That happens for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like I worked at junior high school, so I was like had the junior high school talk style down for a while there. That's oh the yeah, the main talk I heard was junior high school, so it's not. It wasn't good. Nurushitoru ima majisaite. Yeah, yeah. Kimoi, kimoi, kimoi is a classic word. <laughs> I remember when it was like super popular to say everything was majisaite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> majisaite. Like, like, oh man, or every, or every, we put in all of the uh, adjectives into a, you know, exclamative form. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, taka, yeah, take, take the, take the ending out of everything, you know, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> Oh man, it's it's fun. Okay, so coming coming into here to the the final stretch here, I have a couple of questions that I always ask everyone. Sure. Okay. Let them fire. So if if you right now are to you know suddenly fall down, crack your head, and you can't remember any Japanese at all, and you had to start over, what would you do? 
I would do um, I would do the same thing I did before. Probably, okay. uh, I definitely recommend. I, I'm a, and I know I don't think this is something you recommend, but I recommend remembering the kanji by Hasek. I think that is that is uh, invaluable to me. And as a translator, still I still use the knowledge I learned, however many years ago that was. Now, uh, sometimes I can't read the kanji, but I still know what it means because remembering the kanji was such a strong base for me. And I recommend that. Nice. It makes you. It makes you speaking take longer to develop. No question about mm-hmm. it. Because um, you're basically saying, I don't care about speaking for the next three months. That's what you're doing when you do remembering the content. Right. However, if you're really serious about writing and you're really serious about reading, I think it's the way to go. Um, so I would do that, and then and then I would probably you know flashcards are huge. I always use Anki. I'm an Anki. Oh yeah. Junkie. Anki's right? great. I was, and um, I would still do that, but I would also I would incorporate more speaking into my early Japanese study because I was the kind of person that was like. I don't want to talk until I'm good. I was afraid of making mistakes, like like you advise not being. I was like, you know, I don't want to go out as much as I, I don't want to. I don't want to go to that Japanese party because I don't think I'm good enough yet. I don't want to feel embarrassed. I don't. Want to, I don't want to make mistakes. So I kind of was the did a little bit too much studying and not putting it in practice. And I think that's what I would fix if I had another chance. Nice, nice. Okay, so now if you have the um, young young folks who are being able to come to Japan for the first time, but they're just coming on their first little trip um, on on vacation, where do you recommend they go? Maybe someone that's a little off the beaten path. Oh, okay. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. I, well, it's not off the beaten path, but I think Fukuoka is the coolest city in Japan, and it's not the biggest city. It's still kind of big. It's seventh biggest city in Japan, so kind of big actually. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of places to go around there that are kind of cool. The Zaifu is great. How do you go? The Zaifu is a great one. Um, there's little kind of canals you can take on a boat. It's really cool. Unagi's there. It's cool. The Zaifu is my choice. Nice, nice. And Fukuoka is like what the fashion capital of Japan right now. There you go. A lot of nice clothes going around, guys. You can spend a lot of money if, you, if you're into that. You can. And, you know, it's, it's if you want to look good, that's, that's the place to go. want to look good. <laughs> For sure. See all those Japanese hipsters. Uh-huh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And the, and then this last one. So you have the now the opportunity to um, to go to go after, really, um, and, and tell, tell people really what you're doing right now. If they want to check out you, what you're doing, where would you recommend they go? If they want to connect with you and see what you're up to, where should they go and what should they check out? Okay. Um, ALT, altinsider.com is the home base. That's the place where everything is, is built off of. You can find everything there, how to be ALT, my learning Japanese, history, a lot of stuff. altinsider.com is the main thing. Inside Japan Podcast, if you're interested in working in Japan, Inside Japan Podcast is the way to go. Um, if you're interested in talking to other people that are also in the same boat as you and some people that have you know been doing it longer or shorter, um, we also have a Discord server. So if you don't know what that is, it's basically a 2018 chat room that is it's really cool. It's really easy to use. Um, and we have a lot of different like topics going on there. We have Japanese study, how to teach people. There are a lot of jets in the group that are talking about how to be jets. Um, so yeah, I'm sure in the show notes page, oh, yeah. um, Johnny here will put in the link to the to the Discord service. So you'll join that. A lot of nice people talking about some people in Japan, some people not in Japan. It's a good community there. And uh, yeah, I recommend you stop by if you want to find other people to talk about Japan with because that's I'm sure why you guys are listening, right? That's right. And I will put, again, all those be down there in the show notes for you, including his podcast, the Inside Japan Podcast, which 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 is a big deal, guys. As podcasters need you to listen to us because we're very entertaining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's, and it's, I think it's a really... It, particular niche that I think a lot of people connect with being able to how not only how to get Japan and be if you want to be an ALT there an assistant language teacher there um, teach English there or if you want to be able to kind of break away from that and go into the next step in your life in your in your Japan experience it's a great opportunity there and I'm going to check out this discord thing because this sounds this sounds really cool like honestly mm-hmm. I really I thought it was all it's, it, they market it for gamers it's not just for gamers it's really cool <laughs> yeah no for sure guys check check this out and uh, James thank you so much for coming on to the podcast 
thanks for inviting me. It was really, it was a really good time. Um, uh, you know, you're doing good stuff, and I, I will always be, I'll also be on. Uh, I'm team your podcast, not team Japanese Pod One on One. That's sure. right. You know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start like picking on them more and more. I think now that now I have like a couple people behind me, I can kind of be a little more incendiary towards them. And be like, don't do it that way. Do it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Let's get a feud going. That's what I want to see. Oh man, they, they, I, th- that would be. I, I don't know how that would go. I really, really want to do it because that's my personality. Like my wife always tell, tells me all the time how um how how um, how I have. There are three people in the world so that my dad and my wife both agree on this idea. Three people in the world. There are people who hate conflict. There are people who are uncomfortable with conflict, but will deal with it when it comes up in their life. And there are people who embrace conflict and seem to enjoy it. I am the latter category. There you go. So we got to got to got to happen. First you got to do the 15 ways to say penis video. 18. Then 18. you got to start this feud. <laughs> That's right. Remember guys, the first the first way that you need to know how to say penis is musco. Um with that though, I will I will we'll sign off. Remember, after 10,000 mistakes, you become fluent. So, ishoni machigaimashou. Let's make mistakes and I will catch you tomorrow. Until then, jane. Sweet. Okay, stop recording.